Hi, thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 166. It's also the second half of a two-part episode featuring meetup group organizer, indie filmmaker, content creator, and author Dan Massiello. We are also joined by his girlfriend, Fernanda Quintero, who is the illustrator for his most recent children's book. And my husband, Joseph Grotto Jr., also joins us. He is the composer for the music for this children's book. So Dan, you and Fernanda have worked closely together on this project. What has that journey been like? No, I told her that that book is just as much hers, and if we make a million off of it, I'm giving her half. Because when, you, yeah. when you're in a relationship, every, you, know, you share it. Eventually, you inevitably also, get involved. Get the, with, we'll get know. this back on the episode later, but like the only reason I even made the book was because she decided to get into it. She deserves 50%. Even though I wrote the story, it doesn't matter. She helped me get the book done. And now the book, Joe, is going to be turning into an animation, so get ready for your score to be animated. Well, I, I thought it was going to be easier than it was, to be fair. But it, because it took me a long, it took me a long time. I, it's actually funny because the book is about um, procrastinating. Like, that's that was my take on the book, really, because like I went into this whole epiphany with the, with the book. You know, I was like, um, you know, like, what are we really teaching with this book or this and that? And then when I was about to finish it, I realized that the book was about procrastinating and how I have been procrastinating this book for a long time <laughs> <laughs> because it took me a year to finish it. Yeah. And it was, the thing is like he wanted it to be fun, right? He wanted it to be uh, I didn't want it to be work. Do, yeah. Like if the book became like a drag where I was like, you didn't get your episodes, you didn't get your sketches done, you know? Like I want to get this book done. Like I never wanted to feel... Like, I was forcing her to get the book done because as soon as that book becomes not fun for her, because I know myself and I know artists and I know how it is to create, and I knew the moment that it became a drag, like, if I was, like, pushing her to get the book done, that's why it took us a little longer than we would have wanted to get it done, but it it was because I was staying true to that idea that, like, I can't make it work. I have to keep it fun. Like, she came to me and said she wanted to start the book, so that's why I was like, I need to keep this energy of, like, just do it when you can. Like, get it done. Like, you'll get it done. Like, And I had the best time doing that yeah, work. I see? remember I was, like, doing, uh, um, I think we were doing coloring at the time. I think we already had the sketches of him and every page, or most of the pages. <laughs> and I was doing coloring, and I always remember this. And, I, like, I feel like a queen because I have my iPad, then I have coffee, he has tea, he has this, he has that. And I'm I tend like, on hand this is the best work. <laughs> Ever. Here she's working on this book, and like she just like never leaves the, the chair. In the bed, yeah. yeah. In the bed, like like I'm. Like I'm, she's handicapped. Yeah. Like she's been like being taken care of, and I literally were like, anything you need, like just keep working on that book, you know. <laughs> Around the time I first met you and started going to your meetup groups, you gave me the link to a website, and it was one of your short films. I'm sorry, I forgot what it was called. It had something to do with. It was like one guy. The year. The year. I was yes. in it, right? I was yes, in that was you, the year. That yeah. was the one I was telling you about with Gopot, the film that he was like, I I just need someone who's in Because that film called The Year took us about a year <laughs> to film it because it was such a big project. It was about, I, I, believe, I don't remember exactly, but I believe it was at least a 20 to 30 minute film. Um, which is not a short film. Like it's, it's, it is a long film. Like and, it, and, and this film had many locations. It had a lot of 
like what Gopal would say was you had to build anticipation. Because I would always try to rush films and like do like, let's do it in two minutes or three minutes or five minutes. And he's like, no, you need to, in order to get the audience to, to really invest in it, you need to build them up through storytelling, through this, you can't rush this, you know? So he was the one, and that's the thing too, is when, so that was one of the first big projects I worked on. I didn't know anything about anything. Um, and through that film, I learned camera, I learned sound, I learned directing, watching him, which is really what I was interested in, was learning how to direct. And Gopath is an amazing director. He had the script already done, but he, I started, he came to me because he was like, I want to Americanize it. I wanted to make it more like your style of like, with, especially the way Americans talk and the way we do. So he gave me a lot of writing freedom to like go in and change lines and make it. And I was always trying to stay true to his vision with the story too. But the year was a great project because as long as it took us, I learned everything during that filmmaking process, you know. And and the film to this day doesn't hold up as well as we would have liked it, especially with like limitations through sound, limitations through video, limitations through performances you know but if you ever watch it it's a really really great story and a lot of people who can get through all the little rough you know the funny thing about it is my dad acts in it my brother acts in it my roommates are in it everybody is in that movie but the thing about that film that's so great is that it has a lot of heart and people who get past all that will fall in love with the message at the end too and that's a big thing with all of my stories is I don't write comedies I don't write dramas or westerns or anything like that or uh, dark comedies, you know, anything like that. I write stuff that like makes you feel and I really am all about the emotional. I'm really about the things that can either change you or touch you in a way or inspire you. And that's the thing too with my film journey is I'm not here to mess around. I really want to make something. Everybody can make a film, right? How do I stand out in the shuffle? I want to make something that matters. I want to make something that can spread like wildfire because people are seeing, wow, this this was great. They're gonna to want to share it with their grandma, you know. But that's the thing is, I, if I make films that have a lot of heart, people will share it for me. People will want to spread it, and people will want to help make films with me too. And and I've worked on other people's film projects, and people have been telling me for years to go work for a production studio, and I was like, I'm good. You know, I will volunteer here and there on film projects, but I don't want to make anyone else's films. I want to make my films. I want to make films, and I will volunteer on a film like Gopas, where I think his film has something to offer. He pitched me that story in the White Plains Library after the meetup, and I told him I was sold. I'll never forget that day. I told him I was in, I was sold, let's do it, and I stuck to my guns, and we finished that film a year over a year later. And because when he told me that script, I loved it. And that's every story that I ever write, there is something there more than just a little funny little comedy or something like that, you know, or a drama. But the thing is, like, to the stories is that it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Like, you can relate somehow to stories like this because they make you feel something. You know, we are really open to change when we are in our feelings. Absolutely. So when we see things that make other people like if I see somebody crying I instantly want to cry I want to embrace that person I want to like I want to feel these feelings you know and when you see stuff like stories like that people are open to change people are open to to the feelings of what's going on and what you're trying to project so most people like that because all of us want to feel something right we're not going through something that 
like if we compare right like other people in the world right. are like really suffering and yeah. things like don't really happen to us that way and we are very lucky and fortunate that don't happen like that but we need things like through movies, film like boo like like books like music right. that right. makes us feel something so that we can understand others i saw a quote that said um art is the language without words because everybody can see art everybody can hear music and we don't need words we just need to hear it to feel it to see it and we can understand it and we don't uh, there is no that barrier there is no border you know because there is no language there's just feelings and that's really what matters about the craft that we're trying to do or the things that we're trying to share and that's also why and, film is such an important thing for me because I love movies. I knew that I love movies. I knew that I was always a movie buff and that I'd wa I would watch all the classics and everything. And I had those moments where I was watching something where I was like, I want to be a part of this. You know, you ever watch a movie or anything that you're passionate about? You ever see something in your life where you're just like, wow, I want to be in that room. It's so, it moves you, right? It moves you. Music can do that. Books can do that. Movies can do that. So that's why it's not just about making movies it's about inspiring people like i've been inspired you know and and i and i get re-inspired every time i watch my favorites films because that makes me realize how much it is important to me and how it changed me and if it changed me damn right it can change everyone else and the thing that with my motivational thing that i'm trying to get into i don't need to inspire a generation i don't need to inspire a million people all i need to really do is inspire one person because if I can inspire one person, then that person may in turn inspire a million. Or maybe they'll in turn only inspire one other person. But down the road, you don't understand the little impact you have. Like with the meetup and with creating a project like this. You don't understand the impact you could have. That's why I take it very seriously. It is a serious thing. And I love it. And get paid to do what you love, right? Yeah. I haven't got paid yet, but... Absolutely. <laughs> You'll get there. That's the dream. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, you did this short film challenge that I actually was able to relate to about a girl who misses her man. And without giving away the plot too much, I must say I could relate to that. When I first started dating my husband, <laughs> my emotions were running crazy. And wouldn't see or hear from him for a day or two, and I would start freaking out. And, <laughs> and I would make up all these scenarios in my head. <laughs> you know? uh, now you're, now you're, uh, we have to finish that film now. That was the one to. that I was recording of you. We have to. Yes. The thing is that there's just one more sh like big scene that we need to record, but I need someone to like do the camera, you know? Everything else I was recording. I'm not really a good actor. And I, I also need like a good, I want like a good like kitchen <laughs> area or like a good <laughs> setting for it. I can do that. But when you were talking about what story, I had to like think for a second and then I realized exactly the story you are talking about. Yes. So that was... The shortcuts, I, I gotta give a shout out to my shortcuts meetup crew. I love those guys. They're just like two, every two weeks crank out a story or crank out a story. I think they gave us like a genre and I forget what it was, but it was like a romance. It was romance. romance. Yeah, something, you know. And I was like, all right, close up, we're gonna have we're gonna have like a romance where like someone dies, you know? Like I'm gonna like go right for like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna no. go right for like the cutthroat because Don't that's. Say that. No, but it's funny that way, but the truth of the matter is like it is a story about how important someone can be, you know, someone, you know, and the shameful thing is I never did finish that short, but we will. 
Yeah, it's just another example of like, I love that you said that. I had no idea that you had that impact. Yes, definitely. Well, she saw me you doing, the doing the music for that's, it. Well, so that's what made me realize it. it yeah. She's seen it, and I liked the whole scene with you in the kitchen making food, and it was, yeah, you definitely need to finish it. Yeah, that was just a little sample shot, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I want to actually shoot that. Yeah, let's do it, let's do it. I can do the video for you. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm getting, as you can see with the gimbal, I'm doing pretty good. We kind of have like a railroad uh, kitchen. I like that. It's kind of like long but narrow. I like that. I like that. Imagine we did that movie, but everything like that scene was all one shot, like going around your, like around the, like, you know, the middle yeah. thing in your house? Yeah. Like you go like to like her, she's doing her thing. That's pretty good you idea. Go around and oh yeah, like an island. Thing. Yeah, it's like, like a island. time lapse yeah, thing. Like a time lapse, and like we change like clothes. And stuff. I think it was really good. Yeah. Was the the camera angle you had? I think the camera angle you had that like was kind of like on the counter yep. near the cutting board yeah. where you were making the food. I think the angle made the kitchen look better from that when you were filming it from. I've that noticed angle. more often than not that keeping a camera lower. Just for any cinematographer, keeping a camera lower always adds a more interesting shot. More space. Because most things we all yeah. see are from up here. And a lot of times when people take pictures and videos, it usually has like an, a down view where it's, it's flat and boring. But when you put a camera low, it gives like sort of a different perspective that makes... I mean, that's the thing with cinematography is you're just trying to find like the most interesting shot. You're always trying to find like the best... I mean, it's not just about finding a motion shot. You want to find a shot that matters and, and has impact, but sometimes you are just looking for an interesting shot, you know, with what you have. And a lot of times you don't have anything to work with, you know. And make the audience feel like they're actually present. Yeah. You have to engage. You have to be engaging, you know. That's the thing, too, is a lot of people come to my meetup and they say, I want to make a feature film. And I just, like, good luck to you because I could barely make a short film, you know, two to five minutes. Um, to make a full feature is insane. And shout out to my boy Uli. He did make a first feature. Just came out. Um, and I a lot of respect to him for that because it is a lot of work to make, even just a short film. To keep them engaged, that's why I have to focus on the shorts, because you want to keep their attention. People are very, like... Our attention get, span yeah. oh, forget so it. shorter now that we have social media. Forget that's it. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. so, so that's... True. So that, I really... And there's... there's oh, man, one of my, my favorite shorts of all time. It was, it was honestly like, I think it was like a health insurance commercial. I honestly don't even know what it was for because it was in the Vietnamese or something like that. I don't even, I honestly couldn't even tell you. But it was a wonderful little short where this boy, he steals from like this little food cart or something like that. And the lady's about to reprimand him. And some man walks over and he's like, what happened? What happened? He stole. So he gives the money to the patron. He says, what's going on? He's like, because he stole some medicine too. And he's like, your mom's sick, so he gives him some medicine. The boy runs off, you know, gives him some food. And then fast forwards to that same man who gave him the money. He's with his daughter now, who's much older. And he has, like, an aneurysm, bomb, in the hospital. Now the daughter's there by his side, sees the medical bills, racking up, you know, unaffordable. They can't, can't possibly pay it. And then as she's going through the medical bills, she falls asleep, wakes up the next day, the medical bills are there in front of her, but the medical bills are all zeroed out. All the balances that she owes are down to zero. And it says, she opens up the page and it says, all your medical expenses have been paid with one cup of soup and some medicine. And then it's a flashback to the boy who was helped from the man at a young age is now the doctor 
who's for overseeing the patient of this. So it's like comes full circle where the daughter is like, I could never possibly pay it. And now he's like, your, your bills have been paid just because the kindness that your father showed uh, me when I was a young boy. And it's like this, it's a stupid, it's a stupid little advertisement for like health insurance, I think. Um, I never actually knew, but such a beautiful little short, like a commercial, right? But such a beautiful little short, still to this day is in my top five shorts of all time because they did it in like a minute and a half, you know? Like it was so clean, such a powerful message, right? In no time. And that's, that's when I became obsessed with doing really powerful, small shorts, keeping them really tight, getting the audience engaged, get them out of there, don't bore them, don't let them get a chance to look away. Capture them, engage them, and then like when I watched that short the first time, damn right I teared up, and I've watched that short, and I can, I'll watch that short over and over again, I'll never get sick of it, because it's such a good little short. And that's, so that ever since then I've just been like on that hook of like how do I tell the shortest, sweetest story. Um, and then I learned a couple of hard ways when I'm making some of these shorts that if you try to tell it too quickly, then you can fail to capture the audience in all, at all. Right. So that was a big lesson I ran into with making a couple, of, a couple of few of my uh, short films that I did make, 48 hour films that I made, was it's very hard to tell, that's what I learned from Kopath, it's very hard to tell an impactful story in a small amount of time. You have to be exceptional. You know, you do have to build some sort of anticipation, you have to build some sort of... Um, well, you have to build characters because if right. the audience doesn't know the characters, they cannot relate to them. You have to humanize them. But in so this in, in this instance, the short was like a minute and a half, and they just did it. But you know why they did it so well? Because it was such a well-told story. It had all the right details, none of the wrong details, just in and out, clean. Nobody missed it. You know, like everyone who watches that short, like that's the thing too. Is if you tell a story and people miss it, you failed. You know, if you're telling a story and people get bored, you failed. If you're making a movie and somebody says, oh, that's a cool camera angle, you failed. You need to keep them engaged. You need to make them forget that they're watching a movie. You need to capture them. And that's like the beauty of what I'm trying to create. Well, I wouldn't say you failed, you know, because there is always going to be somebody who likes different things. You know, that's why we're so, there's so many of us, we're so different. So I just mean as like a director, it. like it's like a, a rule for directors. Like if you, if your audience is like watching you, and they're like watching a movie and they're like, oh, like my daddy, he, when he watches films all the time, he's like, oh, I love that camera angle. I'm like, oh, the director would be pissed if he heard you say that, you know, because that's the whole point of being a director is to capture your audience, keep their attention and don't lose it. So. It's like you want them to be engaged, but right. not notice those things. Exactly. Like, and that's how it's like for the music. I always say, you know, a good score when you stop listening to it. Like if, if, it's, if, if the music is good in a film or a TV show you know it's good when you don't notice it anymore. Where it's like so seamless that it's True. just like, mm -hmm. like it's like you're not even really aware of it because you're so engaged in the whole story because the yeah. music is just a part of the story. The music yeah. is, is, is telling the story in a, in, in, in a different way and it's supporting what you're looking at. Yeah. That when it's good music, you don't notice it. I always tell her, like, this is a good good composer because I don't, I wasn't even you listening. Forgot that he was I wasn't there. even listening to the like I was listening to the music, but I wasn't even listening to it because it was so, it was so seamless with the film that I didn't even notice it was there. And that's kind of like, I think one um, example of a good score. You know, any composer would probably like that. 
Because the music isn't supposed to take the attention. It's not about the music. You're not going to a concert. It's supposed to enhance. Right. The... That's something you have to learn as a composer, you know, especially when you're transitioning from being a musician. Because I was a musician, and I was going to jam sessions, and whenever it was my time to solo, I wanted to be heard, right? And then even when I was, like, comping and backing people up and playing behind other people, sometimes they'd be like, you know, they go like that, like, lower it a little bit. Because you're not supposed to be Send always looking for the attention. Right. When you're a film composer, it's like, that's it. It's not about your music. Your music is just serving a role. It's about story. Really? Oh, my God. In the music for the book, I was just like, the music has is so important. It's so important to me like, for some reason. And that was my mentality because I felt like the book was, it, like, the book is good and I feel like my art is good and I love the story. I love the story. But I was still not sure so much about the art and the concept and how it looked and then once I saw it with the music it all came together to me like that that's how it happened like I, I don't know if it was just in my head or maybe I was just being weird about it but once I saw it finished it like it all made sense like it all came together I feel like it, it just like looked seamless like you said you know you just kind of made it work oh, thank you so much I have to say that the, the thing that impressed me most that was definitely going to continue our, our relationship together in this is because he made a first score of it and he made it his own and it had a very good theme to itself but I, it's it's a hard thing to do to to work with a composer to get what you're feeling you know and I don't know music so who am I to tell a composer what kind of music I want right but I gave him as much as I could in like a text how I want this to feel and how I wanted him to expand on it and it was kind of like come on joe like oh, one more shot like let's get this I'm, I'm, I'm taking up a lot of his time to do this you know like i can't afford to that, pay i just felt like the art was not inspiring enough don't yeah and i like once i got the colors down i feel like even i be, like became alive because i was like this color search is better yeah. than before because before i chose pastel colors and they were kind of sad they were a little sad and i was like kids they were just like, there kids like bright Right. colors they they go for like like the yellow or the bright blue yeah. and like so i was like maybe the way to capture people's attention was to change the colors right. and once they changed the color the whole thing of the book changed for yeah. me and once they saw them like the music for the second time i was like it was the colors <laughs> that's the thing no, i really liked the i really liked the colors on the second one but right. i still like the first one too the first one the the first one really reminded me of an actual book. It really had that book yes. kind of look. Like, it looked like I could literally reach in there and, like, turn the pages. Like, it had that very... Especially yeah. the end, it had that kind of, like... Like, the way you kind of have, like, the, the, the edges of it blurred. Mm -hmm. Like, it really made it look like you were holding a book and opening it up. Like, you could literally take each one of those slides and print it out and put it in a book, and it could be a book. The second one, not just because it was made for like TikTok with that vertical aspect that bright orange I love that that background I guess it was like in the like the sun or the the, the sky yeah. like it was just the colors were so much more vibrant mm -hmm. but it didn't have that book quality I think it was because of the aspect of it the aspect ratio we had to, we had to work on that too the aspect ratio of working from landscape to cuz I told her once we we had it all landscape and then I was like we if we're gonna do the TikTok thing, like you're gonna have to, and then she had to reframe everything, yeah, squeezing everything in, it's a pain. rewriting it all. Well, so. it made me like 
I'm, I'm the kind of person that likes to start all over again. <laughs> like if something's not going right, I'm just gonna scrap everything and start again. So I did start the lazy pot all over again a bunch yes, of times. Yes, you did. A bunch of times. Just Which is frustrating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, 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 wait. Let's we got something good this. here. Let's, yeah, like, let's just get the book done. I was like, no, we're going to start again. <laughs> there, there must have been at least five or six different Version. renditions, yeah. yeah, where she was like, I'm thinking this, I'm thinking this, I'm thinking this. Yeah, the and first then, version was very realistic. Like, uh, I went into, like, the detail. It looked like it was a real porch, real a real tree, a real, real plant, hippo. a real hippo. Right. It looked like a Too 3D, real like a 2D. And then he was like, don't go too crazy. This is for children. And I was like, <laughs> actually, that makes sense. Because that, that would have taken me a, a lot more. I'll show you after we're done. And I was thinking about the animation even back then, too. So I was like, don't get too detailed on this because I want to be able to animate this. And I know how details will get that will get you in I think you really could take this somewhere I think that this lazy hippo pot could really be like a character like the brown bear and coney bunny and yeah. and all those kinds of like cartoon characters that you see in children's books and, and videos on social media you could really I think that if you really kind of kept going with it she and maybe get that. some maybe get some anim like maybe like animated oh, I'm so glad I she was saying that she wanted to. She said we could do a whole series after this. You know, you could do like this is like a dream come true for Lee. This but is like exactly like the kinds of because she loves those cartoons. She loves yes. the cartoons. You, you always said you would love it if I was able to score like a nature documentary with animals, and I think this is kind of like the next best thing. Oh, a cartoon too. Cartoon too. I was doing the live action thing for a little while. But a lot of my shorts that I write are animation-based. I just see it in animation. I see it in that context because I have such a huge animation background. I'm getting farther away from live action. I'm getting more into animation. Like I'm starting to like draw myself, and I really want to make more animations because they are they are wonderful. I really and like sky's the limit with animation too. Like I don't have to worry about finding a good kitchen. To shoot him, you know, like I and you with animation, there there's you, no limit to what no you limit. could con conceive, you know. You can create your own world, and and let me tell you something, man. You get into the children's into the children's world. Very lucrative. <laughs> Very lucrative. We actually started watching some kid stuff. I went on Netflix. We were watching the the Lucas the Spider. Lucas the Spider, man. That that cartoon was very very well I done. I love that cartoon. You see Lucas, and she got well. So the only reason why I know about Lucas the Spider is because of her. I don't. Right, <laughs> so adorable. I love but I just started watching some children's. Like I just, I was just like when you would talk about the book, I decided to just go on, just go. One of the things about I love about being a, being a composer for film is that sometimes when I have to do research. I get to just watch TV. That's right. I get to just <laughs> sit back. I got to do some research. I'm going to watch a movie. I, mean, I was watching movies anyway. So I was like, so that was nice. actually the re Great. one of the big reasons why I was like, I think I should do film is because my friends always knew me as the film guy. They knew, like, every, you couldn't quote a movie, like, you couldn't name a movie I hadn't seen at least once. So I, and that was just natural for me because I love movies so much. So I was like, I have such an in-depth, like, knowledge of cinema I, I, who better than me, right? Who better than me to tell these stories? And I feel like I'm so picky over what is good and what isn't good in terms of what I like and what, in terms of what I think is like powerful. So I'm like, I watch movies and I think, oh yeah, this has it, this has it, right? Or I, oh, I could create that, something that as good, as powerful as that, something that's as impactful as that. 
So that's definitely the inspo for, you watch movies and you're like, I could do that shit, you know? <laughs> it could have been either the first or second meetup I ever had uh, at the White Plains Galleria when I pitched the story, as I was pitching the story, because everybody, I would say, bring a script and like pitch a story if you have one, you know, we'll give you feedback or whatever. I pitched that story, the Lazy Pot that I've had that I've never, was, you know, this is like four years ago, right? So I had no plan on making animation back then. But I knew I had the story, so I pitched the story, I finished the whole thing, and then it hits me. I was like, oh my god. I had no idea. I had no idea where it came from. I just wrote Lazy Pot. It came from when I was in high school, um, and this hit me, and then when, I, when it hit me, I told everyone at the meetup, like, wow, you're never going to believe what I just realized where this film came from, because nothing comes from nothing, right? So I was in high school, and my grandmother, she... It was like her last week, and like we didn't know it was her last week. And my grandmother was like, we were tight, we were super tight, especially in her last year. So I was there every day, almost every day. Um, we would always, I always go over to her house. She loved to watch the Yankees lose. She hated A Rod, but she oh she never watched the Mets or anything, but she loved to watch the Yankees lose. Oh, I can't wait to that. So I'd go over to her house, <laughs> and uh, we were so so tight. And you know, so, I think one day after school, uh, I got back. I was just like tired, and I got out of school, and I and I took a nap. And I woke up at like 10 o'clock and she told me, she was like, oh, you're going to come by. You're going to come by. I was like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. I fell asleep. I took a nap. I woke up at like 10 or 11 PM and I was like, oh, it's too late to go now. My brother went and I was like, it's too late to go now. So I went to bed, went to school the next day and I got pulled out of fifth period because my grandma had passed away. So I r drove fast as I could out of school to my grandma's house. I got there and I was too late and I asked my brother, I was like, did she ask about me? And he was like, what does it, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if she asked about you. And I was like, D was she waiting for me? And he was like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I was like, tell me the fucking truth. I was like, was she asking for me? My grandma at the time had Alzheimer's where she would ask you the same fucking thing 80 times in the same presence that you were with her. So of course she asked for me. She asked for me like 30 times, my brother said. When's Dan coming? When's Dan coming? When's Dan coming? And the thing was, I lived with that grief, for that regret for so long. My father corrected me. He was like, you were there every other day before that. Who cares if you were there the last day, right? It took me a long time to get over that because of that regret of like, to this day I don't nap. <laughs> to this day, I don't fucking nap. And I, at that time when I developed a story for Lazy Pot, I had just really gotten into plants and I bought a little, from Disney, a pot in the shape of a clay pot in the shape of a hippo. Oh, and it had I was a plant wondering about it. that. Yes. Does it actually exist? You've seen pots like that, I'm sure, right? Like little animals. Hippo pot. Hippo pot. Hippo Hippo clay pot. Um, the story was just like, just a byproduct of like, I want to make stories and then it came out. And then look at this now, six years later, you know, seven years later, stories you know finally. That happens in all art. So that, there's a piece of music up there, right there, by the way this thing is where it says invention so I actually wrote the I actually made up the idea for that when I was in college that was like a project I had to do for one of my classes it's a it's counterpoint so counterpoint is a form of composition it's like the most basic form of composition where it's like you have one melody and then a counter melody next to it it's like the basis of all composition you know Bach was like the master of, of counterpoint that's like kind of like the, the fundamentals of, of composing music and then I take this class and I came up with this invention but I never finished it, you know, like, they, they graded it, my teacher graded it, he critiqued it a lot, I had a lot of mistakes, it was kind of messy, but the idea was good, it was a really good attempt, and it, I just, it sat in my bookcase for years, like, literally over a decade, 
and I'm still, like, I'm actually finally playing it. And it's still not complete. But I'm actually sitting and playing it because I wrote it on a computer program. I didn't actually write it on a piano. So it's it goes with all art. Sometimes you get these ideas and they could sit on a shelf for years. And then it's like one day you just take it off and you're like, you know what, I want to... And that's what I've been doing this past couple of years. I've been composing. I've been going back and finding some of these old ideas that yes. I had and developing them. And then going to my teacher and he's been helping me develop them too. Yes. And finding ways to kind of develop these old ideas. Art is timeless. I knew back then, I knew back then that you never know when you're going to pick a story up and when you're going to like fully, when it's going to come to its, come into its own, you know? And like I said, Lazy Pod just happened to be the most fleshed out story that I had that I was like, we're going to animate something, let's animate this. But I, I wrote everything down even back then because I was like, nothing, nothing doesn't matter. There's no idea that doesn't matter. There's no... There's no thought or anything. That's why I write everything down. And it's so important. Everyone listening, if you have a thought, you have a dream, you have an idea, write everything down. Write it twice. Write it every day and reread it every day. Because, you know, like Spanish, like I've just started learning Spanish the last two years. I had learned a language on my list since high school, since I failed to learn Italian in high school. I had always wanted to learn a language. It was always one of those things I wanted to do. And it's been on my list forever. And then one day I found the right teacher and I, it became fun, and I started learning Spanish, and now I'm, it's the most exciting. And it's I'm I'm not the best Spanish speaker. I'm still like in my very very early stages, but I got over a big hump of like the starting phase where like now I I am starting to converse and I am starting to think in Spanish, and I'm able to use it in small ways, but I'm not obsessed with how well I can speak Spanish. I'm obsessed with how well I have come, how far I've come, and the fact that it was something that I thought I could never do, right? I get such a satisfaction on being like, wow, I thought I could never do this. And that kicks me every day. And learning Spanish has been one of the greatest feelings that I've had in terms of personal development in the past five years, even all the films I've made and even with Lazy Pot. Cause because, because it was such a mental hurdle to be like, wow, you're never going to learn a language. You're never going to learn a language. You just got to be... You have to be young. You have to be a kid to learn a language, you know? Like, the older you get, the harder it gets. You hear these things. It's fucking nonsense. It's nonsense. You have to find the right teacher, and you have to be hungry. And if you have those two things, don't sleep on your dreams. Write them down. They'll come back. They all come around, you know? Because if you, if you thought of it once, and it mattered to you, it could matter again. I would say surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. You hear that a lot, but get out there. Go to a meetup. You know, put yourself in situations where you're going to meet people. Your life's not going to change if you don't change. You, you are the single factor in your life being good or bad. You are the impact. I love uh, Jim Rohn. If you guys are into motivational, Jim Rohn is actually wonderful. He says the single factor in determining your life being what you want and what you don't want is you. Yes. And you have that choice whether or not you want to embrace that. So... Write everything down, get out there, get your goal list going, be serious about it, right? Nothing, there isn't anything that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And you just keep trucking away, and your dreams are going to change. You're going to have a dream one day of this, and it's going to change. And especially for younger people listening, if you have a dream, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this, it doesn't matter. It's, it's less important about what your dream is. It's more important that you have a dream, and that you're obsessed with it. Yes. And ride that out, because I've had dozens of dreams here and there little passions that I've wanted and had and 
you need to just get after it because it's that obsession, that wonderful obsession you have over whatever you're chasing. It's that which will give you strength to go on to the next thing, to keep growing, to keep growing. And if you don't continue to keep growing, well, you're dying. You're not moving forward and you're going to feel stagnant and you're going to feel like you're not going anywhere and your life isn't going where you want it. So be the single factor that changes your life. Be that voice, you know? And, and that's why it's so important to be around the right people because like I was saying earlier, in order for you to, be, to believe inside that you could do what you want to do, it might be necessary that you have some other people who believe in you because those people will give you that feeling of confidence. Like, yeah, you're worth it. Like hearing what you have all, you all said about my stories tonight is, and my meetup, you forget, I forget how, how much my stuff matters. And it does matter. It really does. And it matters to me more than anyone. And to hear you guys, it just affirms it. It makes me feel even more, I got to get after it, you know? I got more work to do. Wow, that's awesome. How can people learn more about you and see your work? Uh, I'm, I'm on Instagram that I don't really, I have to really start building it more. It's uh, Dan, it's, uh, it's just Real Dan Masiello on Instagram, at Real Dan Masiello. But I also have a, uh, this new studio, my new studio. So my dream in life is to have my own film studio. And I started up, I got my domain. It's called uh, Moon Life Studios. And so I have an Instagram at Real Moon Life Studios. And I also have a TikTok, Moon Life Studios. So I'm starting to get these platforms going. I'm starting to get out there. My book, Lazy Pot, is coming out on Amazon March 1st. So you'll see posts on either of my Instagram accounts uh, preaching that the story is coming out. But yeah, thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you so much. It's an honor having you on my podcast. You were an amazing guest, groundbreaking, first two-parter ever. <laughs> Breaking rules. You got your work cut out for you with the editing. Thank you again, Dan, and thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts. I encourage all of you to stay positive, stay safe, and most importantly, stay true to your dreams. Take care, everybody. <laughs>